Thanks, Fiona. Could we have the readings, please? Two readings um, associated with the theme of narratives, stories. First reading is from John, chapter John 1, verses 1 to 5, and then 9 to 13. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children, born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. Amen. The second reading is Philippians 3, verses 10 to 14. Paul wants to go deeper. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained all this, or have already arrived at my goal, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. I press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenwards in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Back to stories, okay? In the first reading in John, uh, the summary, which is words which are so familiar, and in the verses selected there, the first part of that gives the overall narrative, that before the universe was God's word, Jesus. In the creation of the universe, he was there, and he um, is there now. He's the constant. He will go right through. That's where our story fits in that. It fits into this cosmic big event. But in the same chapter, the second part, can you bring up the second part of uh, uh, verse 12, I think, possibly, Colin? Uh, um, yeah, verse 12. Yeah. That although you might think, well, that's massive, that's cosmic, before time, all through time, and after time, who am I? Yeah, who am I that I, where do I, how can I possibly be significant in that? To each one who receives that story, who accepts Christ, becomes part of that story, is given the right to become children of God. Okay? And when God gives you the right to do something, it's there. Okay? 
It's not like, you know, like a, a token which you have to go to somewhere to, to redeem it or whatever. When it's given to you, it is the thing. It's there straight away. And the next slide, please, uh, Colin. And we are children, not born of natural means, but born of God. And that is the background to our storyboard. Okay? That's the background to what we're creating our narrative to. And in the next reading in Philippians, uh, Paul is writing to the church, one of the, one of the first churches that he set up in Philippi, uh, in, uh, uh, in, uh, the, in Easter, one of, the, one of the first churches that he set up. And then he set up and moved on. And when he's writing, he's imprisoned. He's, uh, that's where he is. But he's writing back to the Philippians. And it's, it's an army town, Philippi. It's an army town. It's all about rule, the rule of Rome, uh, the rule of Roman soldiers and so on. And here he is bringing in a different narrative to Philippi where the people there have not to bow the knee to Caesar but to accept Christ as their Lord and Savior. It was costly business. And in Philippians, what uh, Paul does, which is not what he does in, in many of his other letters, he actually sets out the story of Jesus and says to the Philippians, this is your example to live your life. That Jesus' life story of being born, living a life, gaining, gaining, maturing, having a ministry, suffering, because we all will go through suffering of some kind, um, and resurrection, that is Jesus' story, that is your narrative as well. Model yourself on that. And he says, Paul says, because there are, one of the things that's happened in Philippi is that there have been some alternative teachings creeping in. People are actually saying, do you know what, I'll, I'll dilute this gospel a bit, I'll pollute this gospel a bit, I'll change it, I'll add a bit of stuff into it. And all that. Paul's saying, if you find it too difficult to sort out the wheat from the chaff to understand, then look at my life as an example. Not because I'm great, but because of what Christ has done for me. And he will do the same for you. And that's the point of this. And if we look at verse 12 in uh, the Philippians passage, everything that Paul's been through, everything that Paul's been through, by the time he's writing this back to Philippi, he's been through a lot. He really knows Christ. He's been through an awful lot of stuff. And yeah, you'd think, you'd think, okay, I've got it sorted. You'd think that Paul would be one of the people who actually says, I know what my life story is. For me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Yeah? Uh, yeah I'm summarizing that. And yet he still writes this. Not that I've already obtained all this or I've already arrived. I press on. He's saying, I'm still going through the narrative. I still have a life here. While I have a life, I am still writing myself, creating for myself a narrative which is a God narrative, not my former life narrative. Thanks, Colin. You can take that off. Thanks. So, some thoughts on this. Um, we live in the 21st century narrative-soaked lives. We are drenched in narratives. The point about, I was trying to make about the baby's catalogue thing, is that we make choices. Although we're Christians, God does not strong arm us. We still have free will. This is something I think that non-Christians often don't get. They often don't get it. They don't realize 
they think uh, that somehow in becoming Christians, we have been tricked or duped or conned. They don't realize that amazing that it is, absolutely audacious though it is, God the Almighty, the creator of the universe, lets us choose to become a Christian or not. You cannot become a Christian accidentally. You have to make a choice. And daily, we make choices about how we live out that Christian life. We make choices about how, what our narrative is. Okay? What we're going to fill those uh, storyboard uh, squares with. We, in the 21st century, 2018, are absolutely drenched in narratives. How many channels are there on Sky? Netflix, Freeview, newspapers, magazines, websites, yeah? You may be saying to yourself, I don't, I, I, none of those, none of those, I don't, I don't, any of those. And you walk out from here, from here, to church here, and a bus goes past, and there's an advert on the side. It's offering you a narrative of how your life will be sunnier if you choose the right breakfast cereal. Yeah? That you will feel better about yourself if you choose the right holiday company to go on holiday with. Yeah? These are the narratives that we are being offered. The ones that we need to pick on are Christian narrative, God's narratives for us, and we'll find them in the Bible, and we'll find them in fellowship with each other, and we'll find them in worship songs, and we'll find them in corporate prayer and personal prayer and the myriad ways which God's Spirit speaks to us as we move through life. And really, if I do nothing else today other than give you a thought to say, actually, out of everything that uh, comes to me, I make choices. I make choices to have more of this and less of this. And that's what will feed our narratives. Some thoughts just to end. Your narrative with God is unique. The gospel is the same for us all. Your narrative with God in the past, what it's been in the past up till now, today and in the future is unique because it's between you and God. Yeah? Absolutely unique. No one has ever lived that narrative before. No one else can live that narrative except you. Christianity, if I just want to take a very, very objective step backwards, is not like one of those religions where it says, we're all little drops and we join together into the river and merge into the sea and it's all there. You are unique. You always were. Before you were born, you always are. While you're here, you always will be thereafter. It's a unique narrative. That's one thing. Here's another thing. Where are you now with God? Don't need to answer. Okay, that's one of those questions you get. Uh, you read in your Bible notes sometimes or you hear a preacher say, where are you with God today? Wherever you are with God is not where he wants you to be. I speak to myself as well. Wherever you are with God, whether you're that close to God or you feel a million miles away from God or a bit in between, wherever you are is not where God wants you to be because he wants you to be nearer closer, deeper, more. Okay? That is always going to be the state of affairs. There is always a narrative to go on to which goes further than the one you've lived with God. And you can start that storyboard 
take, taking your, making your narrative that at any time, okay? And an illustration of the any timeness of that is something we've heard a few times uh, in this church from this lectern um, since Easter about the road to Emmaus. Okay? If you remember the story of the road to Emmaus, there were two disciples, two friends of Christ, walking away from Jerusalem to Emmaus, on the way, on the way to Emmaus. And Jesus came and met them on the road and talked with them. And at first they were despondent because the only bit that they hadn't got the full story, the only bit they got was dead exciting, all the stuff about Jesus' ministry, Jesus is going to be the Messiah, and then he was killed on the cross. Okay? And all the instructions were, wait in Jerusalem. So what did they do? They disobeyed the instructions, and they went away. They were despondent. They were in the wrong story for their life. And Jesus came into their life, put them straight, and they turned around and went back. Okay? One of the, we've heard that, we've heard lots, lots of things said about that. One of the things I love about that story is that while we are going in the wrong direction, Christ comes to us and gently turns us round, or sometimes not so gently. Mike talked uh, uh, recently about God's sat-nav. And a few days after Mike talked about God's sat-nav giving you the directions for your life, I had a little revelation looking at my phone I was using as a sat-nav because I went the wrong way. Okay? I went the wrong way. Now, in many walks of life, if you're going the wrong way, you have to, first of all, know you're going the wrong way. You have to fess up and own you've gone the way. And you have to turn around and retrace your steps to get back to where you should be. Yeah? Um, what my sat-nav on my phone did was it flashed up and said, rerouting. Okay? Some of you have seen this. Rerouting. And in a moment, it takes me another way back to the road I should be on. The quickest route back. Yeah? And that's what, to me, the story of Emmaus is. Okay? It's God rerouting. They were in the wrong narrative. They got it wrong. God rerouted them. Got them back to where they should be. Um, the quickest way back is God's sat-nav. Last of all, I just want to give you, very last of all, I want to give you an example from uh, when I was teaching students to make narratives. And the assignment was, very simple assignment for students, it was basically a skills learning thing. Yeah? So when you're learning skills, you don't want to concentrate lots on uh, researching content and things like that. So you give a student, a, a, just an exercise, not a long assignment, it's just a short assignment, quick and simple, supposed to be enjoyable. You give them an assignment which is based on the thing that they know best. So they don't need any research. What's the thing you know best? Yourself. Okay? So the assignment was just to make a short piece of audio narrative, something about yourself, some aspect of your life, your story. And I gave them some, some parameters, you know, so they weren't just, they, they did actually know what to do. And I, I got a knock on the, on the office door, and one of my good students came in and said, uh, Can I have a word with you? Um, I'm stuck with this assignment. We'll call the student Chris, because that's his name. And Chris came and he said, uh, he said I, I don't know where to go. I don't know where to go. You've given me this assignment. I can't make head and tail of it. So I said, it, it's really simple, Chris. It's really, really simple. It's just about you. 
It's just about you and what you do and what matters to you and what you value. What do you do in life? He said, I do nothing. I don't do anything. I said, what do you mean you don't do anything? He said, you must do something. You're here at, you know, you're here at university. You must have uh, come through school and college and you must have done some things. And you must have hobbies and interests. You know, what kind of music do you like? What do you do in your spare time? He said, well, I don't do anything really. I don't do whitewater rafting or canoeing or rock climbing. I don't go abseiling. I'm not in any of the, I'm not in any of the university teams. I, 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 don't, I don't do anything. So well, just, just tell me what's in your life. He said, well, nothing really. At weekend, I go home on the train to Leeds and I go cycling with my girlfriend. Well, there you go. Yeah. And the point was, well, that, and that's what he meant, that's what he went and made his, his piece of audio about. He made his piece of narrative about going back home to Leeds at weekend on the train and going, planning a cycle and going on a bike ride. It turns out he also did loads of other things and became one of the experts on the, the country's experts on motorways and the history of motorways. But that's, that's another story. But the point was, it was so familiar to him, he couldn't see it. And it's often the case, you know, it's so familiar to us, we can't see it. We hear the Christian message, we hear the Christian stories, we hear the gospel, we come to church, we pray. We don't, okay. it's sometimes it's so familiar to us, we don't see it. And that's, I think, it's, there's, there's lots of ways to actually get over that. But the first thing is be aware of it. And the second thing is probably is be in fellowship. Talk to people about it. Uh, talk to people formally, informally, over a cup of tea, in a house group or whatever. Because that can really illuminate actually where you are and can help you construct further narratives. Quick prayer, okay? And then we'll have our final songs if we may. Father, thank you that we don't live our lives just tossed from pillar to post by the vagaries of whatever comes our way. Thank you that we don't have to take on board the stories that advertisers and media companies and books and authors and leaders tell us about ourselves. Teach us, Lord, what your life narrative is for us. And may you find us always willing to be seeking what that is and following the directions you give us. Amen.